it came from such an organic place. I didn't look at the market and say, where is there a hole? What can I exploit? I really, it came from this great organic place. Like I'm doing this, I'm in need of something. Let me create something that's gonna help other people. I wanna be my current self from this point forward. I wanna learn how to play piano. Working with human beings, drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm gonna be the next greatest painter. Just kinda work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I wanna be a welder. I wanna be a beach bum. I wanna be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. Just a quick update before I go over the info about today's episode, and that is that starting next week through the first week of January, we'll be doing one episode per week just to allow us to enjoy some time with our families and to prep some great interviews to kick off the new year next year. So um, at least one of those episodes, however, will be about like a two-hour-long episode and maybe another one of them. So um, there will be plenty of content. And if there's any episodes that you haven't heard, feel free to go to halfhourintern.com or just check out the podcast on iTunes and you can listen to any of the old episodes that sound interesting interesting to you as well. Now on to today's episode. In today's episode, I interview Maggie Lord, who is the founder of four different websites, uh, the first of and still kind of the most popular of which is rusticweddingchic.com, which is one of the most popular wedding blogs on the internet. She also has three books that she's written about rustic weddings and doing um, kind of like a natural nature type of wedding. Um, she's been featured on Fast Company and in entrepreneur.com and is a regular contributor to Huffington Post for their wedding-related articles. Um, and she does all of this while referring to herself as a nap time entrepreneur, which is working around the schedule of her two small children. So she turned almost no investment and just a hunch about the future of people wanting to get married outdoors um, and what she thought was a great idea for a wedding and made this into this six figure rustic wedding empire that she has now. She's an incredibly interesting woman, an incredibly hardworking woman, despite, like I said, doing all this around the um, the, nap time, the nap time of her children. So there's just so many great lessons to be learned from Maggie here in this interview about starting your own business. And as well, um, my wife and I got married in Yosemite. So we are very into the whole entire outdoors rustic wedding idea. So if that was something that you were thinking about one day doing, um, doing a little bit more adventurous of a wedding, this is also a great episode for you to listen to to get some pointers in that realm. Without further ado, here is Rustic Wedding Blogger. Maggie, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I read on your website that when you started your blog, it was because you were actually prepping for your own wedding. Is that true? That is true. I was um, engaged to my now husband and I was looking for ideas and inspiration. We were planning a very rustic wedding, but a very elegant wedding. Um, I had always dreamed of having my wedding at my family's summer house in a small town in northern Wisconsin. Awesome. And when I tried to communicate my ideas to the vendors or anyone involved in the wedding, um, you know, I could see that there was like a disconnect. I'd say, I want something very elegant, but very rustic. And I was like, you know, well, let me just pull some pictures. It should be no problem. Then we can all be on the same sort of design page. And I really fell flat. You know, there was only a handful of blogs at the time focused on weddings and they weren't really catering to the look that I was going for. 
And kind of this light bulb went off in my head and I thought, you know, if I'm looking for it. I know there are other people out there looking for the same totally. thing. So I might as well just go ahead and do it. Um, you know, as easy as that sounds, it wasn't that easy, but it was the idea started there. So you started what, just collecting all of the photos and, and writing up articles and stuff like that? I did. So I started doing a little research online um, and I had this idea that if I put together maybe a really great blog that shared real weddings and advice that people would be able to find exactly what they were looking for and they would enjoy planning their, you know, rustic chic or country style wedding, pulling these elements together, being very elegant, but having it in a rustic location. And this is before the days of Pinterest. You know, this was, this was a couple years before Pinterest really took off before it was even around. And so people didn't have all of this, wedding information just at their fingertips the way now pinterest has kind of made that happen right they had to find one particular blog that or or, or, you know multiple or whatever but like a particular blog that they just really like the flavor and style of and and just go after it exactly and i felt that one thing was missing that was that there wasn't um a lot of blogs that really focused on showing this particular style but also showing it in a range and showing this there's budget ideas there's um high budget uh, wedding ideas out there for the rustic style. You know, it was if I found a picture or two online, it would either be something very uh, rustic, but did, you know, lacked kind of the elegant wedding style that I was looking for, um, or vice versa. So I thought that I have to be able to create this place for all of these brides and couples to come and be able to have this experience that made planning their wedding fun. Yeah, absolutely. So Maggie, how long did the prep for your wedding take? How how long was the planning phase? Um, you know, I, we were engaged for about a year. We got engaged in July and got married the following August. And it, it was really a DIY wedding, not because I wanted it to be, but because the town where I summer is super small. There, there are no wedding professionals. There's no event teams up there. There's no, um, you know, like real wedding caterers. So we had to take on a lot, um, ourselves. So that even fueled me further for how I can have this great blog that helps these brides in a, in the situation that I was in. I bet you feel much more capable. I, I wanted to ask you about that later, but I'll just ask about that right now. So at a certain point down this entire path with when everything's blown up for you and stuff like that, people start referring to you as an expert and bringing you on shows and calling you a wedding expert <laughs> and stuff like that. And I feel like that's got to be a very weird thing for someone to call you a quote unquote expert in something where it's like, you know, it's not like, oh, I went to school for this or whatever it is. Just all of a sudden you start realizing like, dang, I guess I really do know more than other people like with regards to this. Did going through that whole process with your own wedding kind of like prep you for that expert title? You know, I th- yes, of course, because after you go through your own wedding, you learn so much about the process. And I, I always was obsessed with the idea of beautiful weddings and having them in places that are either special to people like my summer town is special to me. Um, but doing your own wedding with a unique twist, you know, that really reflects who the couple is. Um, and so when I was planning our wedding, you know, my husband and I were trying to come up with very interesting, fun ideas. And I was like, well, here, let me pull out my binder from the last, you know, five years where I've pulled pictures out of every wedding magazine. And like today we laugh. I was like, that's the original Pinterest right there, like a binder filled with pulled out images from old, you know, Martha Stewart and Bride magazine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think what what kind of 
propelled this wedding expert thing is that when I started the blog, I was getting all of these emails from brides and grooms and couples saying, you know, asking me questions. How do I put together a great welcome bag? Or do you know a barn venue in Michigan? And I was like, wow, they're really looking for this information. So here I am showing great real weddings and giving them the inspiration, but now I have to lead them a little bit further. They need the actual planning tools. So that's when I created Rustic Wedding Guide, which is our sister site, which connects the couples with vendors and venues. Um, And it, it, it allows them to find a venue that is going to kind of host their beautiful rustic wedding, you know, close to where they are or where they choose to get married. At and this then, point, that you, so this is, and this is all still before you yourself have even gotten married. This is all like in the very early days. The blog launched as I was uh, engaged, and then we launched Rustic Wedding Guide shortly after because after the after I got married in August, um, we really started to realize like you know, this can't really be a home cooked blog. Like I think I have something here. And the fact that our readership was growing every day and my email inbox was filled. And I started it at the time I was in graduate school and I was teaching during the day. And I I knew that I wanted to do something beyond teaching, but I loved teaching while I was in graduate school. It was like a perfect fit, right? I I was able to teach during the day and have a, a nice, great job. And um, you know, really have fun connecting with my students. I taught middle school science. Um, and then, you know, afterwards I was like, well, okay, I think I can launch this, this next creative thing that really is what I wanted to do with, um, you know, my career. So it was, it was a process, but as soon as we took the blog from being kind of just my own thoughts and ideas and opening it up to a bigger wedding community and getting lots of submissions, that's when it really took off and our readership just became bigger than I, I would have imagined. So how were you, I guess, how were you getting any readership before that? You know, it's like it, the, when it, when you go to launch something on the internet, you have this idea in your head of like, oh yeah, people are just going to find me. And then you put it out on the internet and you're like, wait, that's right. There's yeah. 7 billion <laughs> websites. Like how are people supposed to find me? So how how is it that prior to... Um, having submissions and stuff like that and everything exploding a little bit more. Uh, how were you managing to grow your audience then? That's a great question. You know, it is true. And today the wedding blog world is so saturated. I mean, there's a hundred million different wedding blogs and there's a wedding blog for every style, for every look, for every budget, you know, for every theme. Um, but really when I started in 2008, there was only a handful of wedding blogs. I mean, we all all of us brides to be at the time read style me pretty. I mean, that was the biggest one. It was beautiful. She was, she had paved the way. She was really the first wedding blog to do it, um, in this kind of elegant style and make it a business. And I knew that if I focused on this niche where it wasn't being showcased yet, that I could find the right keywords and I could SEO the blog in the correct way. And I could get out there on social media Um, and really pull all those things together. And we really found that our readership came in the early days from people typing into Google, like rustic wedding, rustic wedding ideas. And as I mentioned before, this was before Pinterest. So you couldn't, you just like go to Pinterest and find all these rustic wedding ideas or rustic wedding decorations. Yeah. So So if they type in rustic wedding, something or other, there'd be like a 90% chance that you're going to come up. We were like the only thing, you know, every once in a while, if they typed in rustic wedding, they'd get a venue here and there, but 
the venues weren't even exploding the way they are now. I mean, people were not everybody was deciding to get married um, in a barn. So we were really lucky that, you know, I, I worked with a really small team of people that helped me craft this once I realized I wanted to take it to a more professional level. And we really studied, you know, the keywords and how to get people who were looking for us to our site. Um, and once Pinterest came around, I jumped on it early. I think it was launched and a girlfriend of mine said to me like, Hey, have you checked this out? And there was a handful of people literally who were members still. And, um, I, we, Rustic Wedding Sheet got on and we were really lucky because now we have, um, a really healthy following and which is blows my mind, our pin view, view rate, which means our the amount of viewers who look and see and interact with our pins monthly is 11 million. Holy so, <laughs> crap. That is incredible. I know. So that means that one, there's that many people seeing our pins and interacting with our pins and repinning our pins. Um, but it also shows you that really Pinterest focuses, you know, it, it is for, I think the brides, it seems to be that that is definitely one of their niches that just completely, you know, took off for them. I don't think that they thought it was going to be such a wedding tool at the time. And what an incredibly validating thing that that however many years ago, you, you know, you think that you want to do this rustic style wedding. You're like, okay, this is cool to me. I want to go ahead and do this. If I want to do it, I'm sure that some other people want to do it. And now you have 11 million people looking at your idea. It's like, oh yeah, I guess I was right. I guess there are some other people that want to do this. Yeah. I mean, it, Pinterest is a wonderful thing because it, it, it feeds a lot of traffic to our site. It helps get people who want ideas um, to our site, which where they can find more and, and can really explore. Um, you know, the Pinterest sometimes can be can be a little much for, I've heard from some people planning their wedding. It's like, I can't even go on Pinterest anymore because it's too much. Like I'm overloaded. Like I just, I now they go back to like just logging onto the one or two or three blogs that they like daily, or they get it in like, you know, a feed or something. And they kind of just digest the information that way. But, you know, I think what's great for Pinterest is that we can get new readership and we can like in any social media, we can get out there and, showcase what we have and then you know hope that they come back and link back to the blog and see everything that they can discover yeah definitely so you mentioned earlier that that a huge um catalyst to to move the blog forward was starting um the second site and partnering with a with a bunch of different um companies and stuff like that and and making referrals how was that just you google searching like farmhouse wisconsin farmhouse <laughs> yeah. virginia and you know you just had to keep on searching these businesses out like at, at what point did they start searching you out yeah so in the beginning what happened was i was doing all of these emails and my, my email inbox would be filled every day with people from all over the country saying like do you know a barn or do you know a great ranch in california where i can host my wedding i'm like well i live in connecticut so i can tell you what's <laughs> around here yeah. but you know and i was like you know there are great resources you know the knot and wedding wire and all those but if you have a particular style you're like i just want to get married in a rustic location or i'm just looking for a barn that's what we decided that these readers were really looking for. You know, they, they, they had already decided on their theme, so they didn't want to have to scroll through and be like, no, I don't want to get married at the Hyatt or no, this, you know, wonderful ballroom is not for me. They really were just wanted to focus in on this look and this style. And they were looking for those venues and, you know, they didn't want to spend all day doing it. So I decided that, well, the 
best place to start would be to pull all of the different venues that we've already featured on Rustic Wedding Chic, the blog, either in a real wedding or we used to do like venue spotlights where I'd pick a venue across the country. And it really was kind of word of mouth. Like I would have a photographer submit a wedding to me and they'd say like, this is at such and such barn in Vermont, but you should totally check out such and such barn in Maine. And so little by little, I kind of created this master list. And shortly after we launched it, we, we launched it with 500 venues and we only really launched it with venues, but we had all these other categories of photographers and, um, you know, catering and event teams and designers and, you know, a big thing at the time and still is, but there wasn't a listing for rentals that focused on like the vintage look, you know, people were renting all these vintage items and all these vintage rental companies were popping up. And so I was like, well, we'll launch it with 500 listings. And as soon as we launch it, we'll say, are you a venue? You know, are you a vendor? Sign up, submit. And it's, it's a free listing. They can submit to it. The only thing that we do is we go through and we vet it to make sure that it is going to be something that our reader is looking for and that it is within the style that we feel our reader is looking for. Um, but, you know, meaning like it's probably not a hotel ballroom. Um, but as soon as we launched it, we were just inundated with submissions from venues because they didn't have a place to really showcase their venue where they felt like it was really connecting with the type of person who was going to book their venue. Right. Um, and a lot of these venues, you know, they're hosted, um, they're hosting great weddings, but as some of the owners would tell me like, look, my day is filled with trying to get new clients and stuff, but I'm not on social media or I am not updating our website all the time. So I'd say, well, you know, you, you put a listing on rustic wedding guide and you're going to connect with the exact sort of person who is going to book your venue. Um, and then we'd hear back from venues and owners right away. And they'd be like, within the first month, you know, we had all these, we started to look at our analytics and all, we had all these click throughs and then we're booking 10 weddings. And, you know, and I'm like, exactly because you can be in a big guide out there for wedding venues, but if you're not really connecting with the the type of person who's going to book your venue, kind of a waste of time that's so um, and, and you weren't even it doesn't sound like you weren't even monetizing that at the time like it, these people were just making a lot of money and it was just a great thing i guess all the way around i mean yeah we felt several things one it was a service to our reader who was very dedicated to the blog and we had a healthy readership you know really starting to have a healthy readership at the time um and so we felt it was a service and then we felt like it was a way for them to really round out their wedding planning. They got great ideas from the blog and then they were able to go and have that look achieved at their own wedding by finding a great vendor or a great venue. And then little by little, we figured out how we wanted to showcase different venues or give them the opportunity to be showcased where they could pay for an upgraded listing. And so they can stay at the top of um, the venue page and they can be listed in other states so that, you know, if you're looking in um, California, you might look in Oregon or, you know, so you might find all these other different venues in a different state. So we listened to our vendors who said, you know, I'm so happy to be on your guide. However, I, you know, I'm now, I'm like on page three, how do I get on page one again? And we're like, well, let's, let's offer an upgraded feature that you can pay for, you know, like very similar to a lot of other guides out there. But that's, and it, it's, 
it is really amazing. We have somebody on staff whose job is to just go through the submissions for the guide because every day it is jam-packed with new submissions for vendors and venues. Of course. Now is that because it's like uh, that? That's such an incredibly popular idea now. You know, to have a, a rustic wedding out there, and it's, you know, however many companies were doing that before, it's like new ones. I'm sure going online every single day, trying to you know get a piece of the pie. I, I wonder to what extent you um, are like responsible for that becoming popular and that becoming like in the collective zeitgeist something that people wanted to do. I. Um, my wife and I just got married in Yosemite outdoors and we knew from the time that we got engaged that we wanted to get married outdoors and neither one of us read any wedding blogs or anything like that. But it's interesting that it's, you never know like how you're influenced by things, you know, it's like, I don't know that somewhere down the line that somebody that my wife and I knows reads your blog and it got whispered into someone's ear and then that got whispered into someone's ear and somehow we heard it. And you know what I'm saying? Like you never know what exactly, uh, how you're being influenced from the outside. So who knows? Maybe you're the reason we got married in Yosemite. (laughs) So thank you for that. Cause it was a beautiful wedding. Well, yeah. I mean, when you pick someplace like Yosemite to have your wedding, I mean, that's just, it's amazing to me because to me, I think like that's the most amazing type of wedding, right? Like it's unique and it's special and it's probably really reflected who you are as a couple. Um, and what I think is really interesting and it took a long time, I think for maybe advertisers or other influencers in the market to really realize is when I would have a meeting or something, they'd say to me like, so where are your readers? They're all like in Aspen. Or I was like, Oh yeah, I was in Brooklyn last week and I ran into somebody and we started chatting and they write, you know, they read rustic wedding chic and because they're planning a very rustic wedding in a warehouse in Brooklyn, you know? So it was like, we're Brooklyn, San Francisco, everywhere in between. Um, you know, and it, it really, it just kind of spread like wildfire. And it, I, I was lucky enough that to go both online with the blog and the guide. And in 2011, I got a book deal to write my first book, which was Rustic Wedding Chic. And then from there, there was a second book, Barn Weddings. And then, um, a year ago, the Rustic Wedding Guide handbook came out, which is like a soft cover kind of fun book. Um, and so it was, it was really nice to be able to go both online and offline. And people would say to me, oh, I saw your book in such and such store all across the country. Um, but then it was also nice to know that anybody anywhere could log on and you know see what we're offering and really feel like we are helping them in the process. Yeah, definitely. Um, what, uh, do you remember what your, what your readership and viewership of the website was around the time that you got the book deal? Uh, and did, I assume that, that, that some sort of publisher approached you, not the other way around? Um, yeah, you know, I, I had kind of had, um, a relationship with a publisher, um, not in a business sense. I just, we had kind of known mutual people. Um, and my first three books were published by Gibbs Smith and, it was, it was kind of like, Hey, you know, I, we know what you're doing online. Like, have you thought of a book? And I was like, well, of course I've thought about putting it into a book, but I don't really know how, or, and you know, they were great. They, they kind of helped guide me through that process of what kind of book did I want to produce? Was it like the blog or was it, you know, more than the blog? And, you know, it's a completely different process putting together a book. Um, it, but it really gave me the, the format to be able to expand my ideas and write more and get more in detail because blog posts are great, but nobody wants to read a five page blog post, but I could write as much as I wanted in the book and go into as much detail about planning or ideas, um, 
or things to to keep in mind while planning your wedding. Totally, um, very different audience that buys the book. Very different, and it was a great. You know, a lot of people have told me, "Oh, I got it as a gift when I got engaged." You know, and it's like that's a nice thing. And then I I just ran into somebody over the weekend who said, "Oh, you know, someone gave me your book, and now that I've gotten married, I passed it on to a friend of mine who just got engaged." And I was like, "Oh, I love that. That's like really sweet. You know, it's a nice way to say like I used this while I was planning my wedding. Now, you know, you should look at it." So I I I love the fact that we both kind of have this online and offline. Um, opportunity out there to connect with readers. Yeah. What was your experience like? So I um, have interviewed a blogger on the show that is has this huge wine blog, and she wrote a book as well. And I am now terrified of the <laughs> idea of writing a book after hearing her story <laughs> of writing a book of just, I guess, like, you know, the deadline and the level of stress and then how many hours you're working to try to crunch mm-hmm. for that deadline and stuff like that. Did you have a little bit more laid back of a process or was it a, no. quite a grind? <laughs> writing a book as well it was no mine was wild i got the official book deal meaning we like went we started talking in september of 2011 i had like an eight-month-old baby at home i would the blog was just starting to really really heat up and it really needed all my attention i was the only employee um and we went to contract like officially in october and they were like hey by the way we want to have it come out in the summer so the deadline for all of everything, every picture, every word, everything needs to be like in January. I was like, okay, I've never put a book together. So this is going to be an interesting experience, let alone do it all in a couple of months. Um, but you know, those are those moments where you just kind of go like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to make it the best book that I can. And I'm just gonna do anything within my power to put the this book together and get it in on time and, you know, create something that I really felt I was proud of, but it was a crash course in writing a book. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the first clue how to really put it together. And I had to go through my database of like photographers that I'd worked with who had submitted to the blog and put like the, the word out there, like, Hey, you know, I've got a, you know, a book that I need a gajillion photos for like help. I'm starting from scratch, you know? Um, and I was lucky enough to get great submissions and I worked with two bright lights, which is a company that we work with on a day-to-day basis because it's how we get our submissions for the blog. But they were happy enough to kind of create this section for me where the people could then submit to the, for the book. And that was new for them at the time. Um, and it, it was a great way for me to kind of funnel through um, all of these submissions and and really weed out the ones that I wanted. But well, so, sorry, if you could explain that to us really quick. I, I've never heard of a company like that before. So you don't now that you get so many submissions to your website, they're not coming directly to you. They go to a third party and they kind of filter some of it for you. No, they don't filter, but it is. So at the time when I started the blog that I had, somebody had said, Hey, have you heard about this two bright lights? And I was like, uh, yeah, somebody had mentioned it to me, but I'd never really checked it out. And it, it is really popular among publications in like the wedding lifestyle blog world. And I was again, like one of their first people to sign up for it. Um, I've been with them a really long time and I, I have a great relationship with them. We kind of try to give each other a lot of feedback as much as possible on things. And they're great to work with because what they do is I was able to go online, set up a profile and say what I was looking for as far as submissions. And then the photographers would be able to upload their albums 
and submit them to Rustic Wedding Chic, the blog. And then I could go on every day or every week or whatever. And I would look through all the submissions and I could decide, yes, I want to feature this wedding and this is what I'm going to feature it by. Or, you know, thank you for submitting to us, but it's not the right look or it's not the right season or it's not the right style for us right now. And it was a really clean, nice way to keep all the information together because then you can download the pictures and you have the whole information about where the wedding took place, when all the vendors are attached to it. Because in the early days, my email inbox, and it's still, even though we say our preferred method is through two bright lights, just because it keeps everything in a nice, clean folder where we can make sure we're actually putting up the right wedding with the right photographer, um, my inbox is still loaded with that, like, hey, check out this wedding that I shot. Here's the link to the Dropbox or here's the link to the blog on it. And, you know, that's just, we still, we look at them and go through them, but it's, it's really, really difficult with the amount of submissions that we get. So for us, Two Bright Lights is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we know a lot of wedding blogs and publications, a lot of print publications use them as well because it, it really makes it streamline the process. Yeah. So they act as kind of a middleman between you and the photographer and they know kind of what your style is. They know what a particular photographer style is, I guess, at a certain point and they, they yeah. try to pair you up. They, well, you can put you can put in exactly what you're looking for. Um, and like we're considered an exclusive blog at this point, meaning that we get first pass at running the photos um, because once our readership got to a certain point, we were able to kind of have that status, which a lot of other wedding blogs do. I'd say there's probably like 10 or 12 at this point who can kind of say that they um, would like exclusive rights to the photos to run them first. Um, but Two Bright Lights gave us the opportunity to, to say what we were looking for, uh, what our readership is, you know, so the photographers could decide if it was if it was worth their while to submit to us. And, and of course, now I... I have two lovely interns from a local university who we just go through the submissions all day long because it's our two bright lights folder is just jammed with submissions. That is so, (laughs) so crazy. Uh, Did you ever have any sort of um, press like regional or local or national that that really kind of changed the face of the website and the viewership of the website and how many people were coming to the website. It's it, From what it sounds like, you just had this kind of slow, steady, steady, steady wave that just kept building and building, and that was all kind of due to different things that you were doing. Was there ever an article written about you guys that just really blew everything up? Yeah, you know, one, I started doing more local TV once the blog um, was really having a steady, nice readership. But when the books came out, because it was kind of a nice thing to go on, right? Or they would see, like, it's a great thing to book. Have you come on and talk about the book, talk about the your blog and what you do. And I did a lot of local Connecticut things first because it was like local blogger, you know, all of those things. And of course, now with the internet and the way that social media works, like I a clip from one of the Connecticut shows was up and then it was, I was out in LA doing TV and, you know, so you kind of, and I'm only 50 minutes from Manhattan. So of course there's every TV opportunity right there. And so the TV thing kind of spurred a little bit of the press, but we had some really great press early on. Um, and it would be kind of, it was it was this interesting thing that I had never even thought of. Like I thought it would be all about our beautiful ideas or our our, our wonderful photography. And 
It was, but a lot of the press came from this sort of entrepreneurial standpoint. Like I had um, an article written called the, you know, about a mompreneur, meaning like I was a mom and I was running this business. Um, and so we had great press from, we were mentioned in the New York Times and we were, uh, the Huffington Post wrote lots of nice things about us, the Business Insider. Um, and, you know, I could go on and on because I think what people found fascinating was not only what the company was about, but that you can create something yourself and be an entrepreneur. And there was this whole interesting, like, and I'm a mom and now I'm a mom of two little boys. And how do you do it all? How do you juggle that? How do you create a company, um, you know, from nothing? So I'd say that we had a lot of interesting inquiries from the press, which I always thought it would be just about the wedding stuff, but it was really that more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Stuff. It's funny. Like, I mean, however many people want to know about what a rustic wedding is like, there are a thousand fold more people that just want to know how it is that you did what you did. You know, you you instantly became the hero of, I'm sure, basically everyone you know, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, one of the, like, a lot of questions that I would get in a, like a press interview, and rightfully so, they'd be like, in a world of all of these startups, like, did you get funding? Like, and I was like, real honestly, I borrowed $2,000 from my parents so that I could get an original logo made. Cause that was like super important to me that I wasn't just getting something crafted, you know, from like some designer off, like, um, you know, the internet someplace, like I wanted someone to hand make this logo. So it was really genuine to us. I was like, and that was really it. You know, I didn't have any startup, you know, funds towards, I really just, decided that I was going to try to figure it out little by little. Totally. As it sh- it's funny. When I started this, I guess just because I live in the Silicon... I, well, I live in San Francisco, but there, you know, there's so much VC money out here, uh, venture capitalist money out here and angel investors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, at my last job, I was telling this one guy about the fact that I was going to be leaving to be starting the podcast and he was like, oh, you know, like I'm friends with with some angel investors out here. He's like, they're always looking for a cool idea. Like if you yep. want, like I'm sure uh, I'm sure they would lo- like take a meeting with you. And, you know, if you want some investment money. And I was just thinking in my head, like, for, like for what exactly? Like, what? <laughs> like they're going to give me like $50,000. And what am I supposed to do with that money? You know, like it's it's a website that I'm creating. And, in a, in a, you know, these businesses don't really take a lot of monetary backbone. It takes more, much more of like an emotional um backbone and and you know yeah. obviously like hard work dedication and all that i had yes i had some people say like what about having some investors and especially once we kind of got a little bit more visible and we started you know i think people their ears started to perk up a little bit like that they were hearing rustic wedding chic and then the book deal came along and i was like you know i really don't want to have to deal with investors because I want to be able to move the company in a fluid direction if I want. You know, I want it to, if I want it to go and take on um, creating a different um, look on, in, in part of the site, I don't want to have to have 10 meetings about if we should or how much money should be put into it. Or, you know, I really wanted to still be in charge of it myself. And that's, that's hard. You know, I'm, I'm married. I've got two little boys at home. Um, you know, I'm working on another book project, which hopefully I'll be able to talk about soon. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be in charge of my company because it's really important to me. It, it came from such an organic place. I didn't look at the market and say, where is there a hole? What can I exploit? I really, it came from this great organic place. Like I'm doing this. I'm in need of something. 
let me create something that's going to help other people. Yeah. So to that point, I saw that your third website that you made is Rustic Baby Chic. I, I assume yep. that that was made after or right before you had babies. And now you're thinking you're in baby mode and you're like, hey, I should make this too. Because now I'm thinking about babies all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, I have a four and a half year old little boy and I have uh, an 11 month old little boy. And in between the two of them, I was seeing a lot of things on Pinterest, like rustic nurseries. And then I would hear from, I'd get really sweet emails from our reader because we have such a dedicated reader for that year that they're engaged or the two years that they're engaged or planning their wedding. And I'd get cute emails and they're like, hey, let me just, you shared my wedding photos. Now let me show you my maternity photo, you know? And I was like, oh, that's so cute. And then I was like, wait a minute. There, I have like a reader for life because they'd say to me like, look, I'm planning the really cute rustic baby shower for my friend. And I was like, oh my goodness, they're taking our rustic wedding look and they're applying it to these other parts of their life. And so I thought, hmm, I mean, I was living in baby mode all day. You know, I was trying to find really cute um, ideas for my baby nursery and stuff. And so I was like, okay, here's another opportunity that again is coming from this really organic, nice place that I'm going through it myself. And I know as our reader, leaves the wedding planning process and then maybe goes into having their first home or whatever. And then the next phase of life with the baby, you know, it was kind of a nice way to continue that relationship with the reader. Yeah, definitely. That's so good. Um, at what point during all this did you start hiring staff or, um, you know, have your interns from the local university? Um, so I, I was able to hire, um, freelance for a while, um, you know, several people for, for some time we had some people helping us on social media because, um, with such a, a growing, uh, account on Pinterest and like our Instagram account and things like that, it, it really needs full attention. And, and we would be getting questions or ideas f- through those social media channels, like Facebook, people always write and ask us questions or, you know, Twitter. So we had to, I had to look at having somebody kind of oversee that. So I hired a lot of freelance to begin with or contract people um, because that was easier for me and they could work from anywhere. And for the longest time I worked out of my house, I just moved into office space in September, which is like a dream. And it's, it's still, it's only like two blocks from my house, but it's a separate place. Like there's no kids crying here. Like there's no cleaning up breakfast here. So it's really a separation now. And when I moved into my office space, I moved from being able to have just freelance people and contract workers to having interns and a couple other people. So we have, um, two interns, um, who are both are creative writing majors, which is really fun because they get, I work for the Huffington post as well. And so we, they help me come up with my ideas for what I want to write in my, um, my column on the Huffington post. And then I have someone who helps oversee sort of our web design and our ad placement and things like that. And then we have someone who oversees the rustic wedding guide to make sure all of our vendors and venues are happy and, and, and are being, uh, you know, their submissions are being looked at in a, in a nice timely fashion. And for the, the ones who choose to, to upgrade their account, they get to upload more pictures and put on their social media handles and things like that. So we have somebody just dedicated to helping them. God, that's so nice. That's got to be so great to have all that help now. It is. You know, it's, it's also really nice that for when you're doing something creative, as I'm sure you know, and you're working by yourself, like 
there's nobody to talk to and be like, what do you think about this? Or what do you, you know, what should I do here? Or how should we change the look of this? Or, you know, and it's like, it's hard when you're working on something so creative and you're just working by yourself, you don't really have that kind of fun, creative environment going on. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, I, I remember like one of my four-year-old, like I was showing him like the publisher had sent me like two book covers and I was like, oh, what do you think? I was like, you're my, you're my only like friend right now. I'm working from my house. I don't even have anyone to to say like, which cover do you think is best? Yeah. You're, you're just showing it to your babies. Like <laughs> yeah. which one? Just point yeah. to one of them. I was like, raise your hand if you like this one. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, and there's, there have been times, you know, I I think it's sweet and I think people can relate to it if they've started their own company. But I remember once like uh, a local magazine wanted to do a photo shoot and things got rearranged and it was like, Hey, we only have the photographer today. Can you come at noon? I was like, sure. But my three-year-old is coming with me because we don't have babysitters on this day, you know? And so that was like, if you want me to come do the picture, you know, we had had it set up for two weeks from now you got to deal with the three-year-old on set. And they're like, no problem, you know? And so I was like, well, that's, that is the life of a entrepreneur. You know, you just, every day, you never know what it's going to hold for you. Yeah. That's like the new, the new look entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. Um, how, how did the gig with Huffington Post work out? Was that through, they had started posting some of your wedding stuff or referring people to you and then you started talking to them or how'd that all go down that you wrote for them? Yeah. So I think when the, when our readership kind of got strong and things like our social media took off, you know, somebody at, at Huffington Post kind of took notice and then they have lots of contributors. And, um, I'm not sure if they came to me or if through, um, my publicist, she reached out to them, but there was some sort of like mutual admiration going on about how I loved some of their wedding things that they were doing and vice versa. And they were like, yeah, we'd love to have her as a contributor. And so I, I get to write fun articles that are a little bit more broad in the wedding world than just the rustic thing for them. So, um, you know, I, this, this last fall, I just wrote about like different fun cocktails that you can have at your wedding that are all fall inspired, you know, so it was like hot apple cider and all of these fun things. And so that's really a nice break for me because I get to look at a bigger wedding picture than just like the rustic country thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So why don't we uh, go ahead and wind this down, Maggie, with some kind of advice related questions for people. Okay. So first, if you could tell us, um, and I'll ask these two at the same time, that way in case they overlap. But what do you think is the most important decision that you made for the business along the way? And what's the most important investment that you made, like an actual spend of money that you think helps you out the most with the business? Okay. So, um, you know, I have thought about this and I've been asked similar questions and it always is the same for me. So the most important kind of decision that I made to help the business become what it was is that I decided early on it was going to be a business and I treated it like a business. I had a mini business plan, not super involved or anything, but I had a mini business plan and I treated the company like a business. I never um, overlapped funds from my personal account to the business account. I kept things very separate and I treated it like a business. Whereas I went to work, I really went to work. I was not shopping online and trying to do blog posts. Um, I, you know, had created an LLC. I got all, you know, the names copyrighted and all of those sort of things. 
And so the two questions do kind of go together because the best money I really think that I actually spent was to work with a lawyer and an accountant in the beginning and say, I want this to be a company and I want this to be a real thing. So how do I do it so I protect myself in the long run, right? My The name Rustic Wedding Chic LLC, our logo, all of those things. Um, and then how do I set up the business so that taxes and everything else are done professionally and the right way? Right. And so I think the, the, the best money I spent was actually working with lawyers or professionals and an accountant to figure out how the company could really be its own identity and protect ourselves in the long run. Wow, that is, uh, that is really great advice. Um, so let's, I guess, try to not overlap that with this last, last piece of advice. Okay. So maybe something more um, emotional or mindset related or something like that. But just what overall advice would you give to anybody trying to get started with their own website? If they have something that they're really passionate about and they want to you know, take it to the world, what, what piece of advice would you give them? You know, I'd say that you have to start with a passionate idea because if you're just kind of like, eh, I kind of want to do this, it's not going to work. Your passion shows through your writing or shows through your work or shows through the creative process to the reader on the other side. And I think people knew from an early time on the blog that I was really, truly passionate about the rustic wedding look um, and that I, I really cared about it. I wasn't just trying to look at how I could break into the wedding world. So I'd say for anyone who's really starting their own business or wants to start like their own website or something, try to find something that is you're really passionate about, you want to communicate to the world, and then you have to be extremely disciplined. I set work hours every day for myself. So it isn't like, oh, I'll blog at night when my kids go to sleep. Um, I've been asked that before. Somebody asked me once, oh, do you just blog in your spare time? I said, sure. If I blogged in my spare time, I wouldn't have a business. Yeah. You know, it's like, if I always say it's no different than if you want to open up a shop downtown, you don't just say you're going to open it when you have spare time. You're there with certain work hours. You're there so that your customer can come in the door. It's the same thing with a blog or online. We have, I have very strict work hours. That way I know that when our customers, our readers come in the door, everything is there for them. It looks great. It works great. And they can have a great experience. Absolutely. Man, I could not agree with that more. And I, I think another thing to that is it keeps you a little bit more sane when you are off of your work hours, you know, because you, you still feel like you put in the time and I don't know. Yeah. Just something that feels good about that, you know? No, I agree. I, you know, the question about kind of like the mom work home life balance thing. And my husband's a, a freelance writer as well. And, and, and so I always say, look, when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm not working and I'm on kind of like just being a mom, I'm trying. I'm not perfect at it, but I try. I don't try to answer emails on the fly on my phone. I've done that before and something always gets messed up. You know, like I send the wrong person, the wrong attachment, you know. So when I'm working, I'm working. When I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, Maggie, tell everyone where they can find your stuff. I mean, you have you have tons of stuff, so <laughs> tell people about whatever you think the, the coolest stuff is. Okay, so definitely check us out at rusticweddingchic.com, and you can always go to rusticweddingguide.com to check out the vendors and the venues to plan your perfect day. And Pinterest, we have just an incredible amount of ideas. So we're at rusticwed, W-E-D, rusticweddchic on Pinterest. Awesome. Maggie, this was so interesting. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate it. 
Hey everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Just wanted to give you all a quick reminder that if you have any ideas for the show, be that a person that you would like me to interview or just a topic that you would like me to cover on the show and you want me to track someone down, or if you have a question for an episode like today's or any other episode that you were kind of biting your tongue and wishing that I had asked, you can submit all that through my website on the Submit Your Ideas link. And I will either track down an old guest to ask those questions for you or find that new guest that you want to hear from. Thanks so much.